Hello and welcome to the Impact Podcast from us at Impact Wales. We're Finn and Jane and every week we'll be bringing you lots of discussion, comments and opinion on everything research and education. We'll be talking professional learning, what's happening in the education world and everything in between to help you make a difference in your school. Hello Jane. Hello Finn and we're recording this on a very very chilly day today. We are? It's freezing. Okay. Sorry, I'm just a little bit thrown by. Yeah, because my brain isn't really engaged very well. Today. Oh, okay, okay, that's why you're saying yeah, it. We're having a bit of a mad day, but it is chilly. It is cold. It is. Um, hopefully, by the time this podcast come out comes out, it'll be stormy it'll be, and wet. It'll, it'll be stormy and wet. Yeah, there we go. So, okay. So, um, hello everybody. We're here on again on a no, it's a Thursday, Thursday afternoon. Today, yeah. Thursday afternoon. I was going to say a Friday afternoon. Recording the podcast ready for Wednesday, and we this week are talking about progression in curriculum for Wales again. <laughs> we talk again. about it a lot, don't we? We but do talk about, about it, but but I think we're talking we're talking about curriculum for Wales mm-hmm. again. But I don't think we I know we haven't talked about progression specifically. Yeah, and I think when you think about progression, and you think about what are the elements of effective progression, you realise it's much everything Mm. everything that you do but there's this very much a focus in wales on a shared understanding of progression making sure every learner progresses you know the curriculum for wales the rationale for it is progress must Mm. happen so it's a it's front and center so it it makes sense that we talk about how we get there well it is talked about a lot isn't it and i think it's not until you actually unpick it and actually think well what do we actually mean by progression You know, my interpretation of it and your interpretation of it might be very different. And and listeners, you know, you might find your interpretation is different again. And it's yeah. one of those things that, yes, is bandied around. Oh, we must be showing progress. We must have progression. Mm. You know, it must be a, mm. a pro- progressive curriculum. And But let's work out yeah. what that actually is. So we're going to do our usual. Let's pull it apart so that we can put it back yeah. together again and talk about it, it makes in a bit more detail. It. Absolutely. So um, before we start, let's talk about what we've been doing this week. We have, will have had our first session at Pentagare Primary. We will. It's one of many, which is, which is exciting. Uh, looking at Curriculum for Wales. Yes. And progress. Yes. Amongst other things. It's, it's um, Curriculum for Wales, developing Curriculum for Wales, yep. their provision within yep. the school. We've had uh, a number of planning meetings again on our exciting topic, which we can't quite say what it is yet, but hopefully our sighted project, which we'll be able to announce soon. Yes. Sooner yes. rather later. So we had lots of meetings internationally yeah about that one as well which has been interesting yes i'm in the process of doing a little bit more marking indeed way <laughs> a little bit more and of course we are preparing for our new workshops that are coming up there's been a slight change of date for one of them so just you know if, if you're thinking of joining them there is the reason that if you go if you access our newsletter or the place where all the workshops are together and there's a a, a link to book. Um, the change of date is on the um, the front page. Well, the only date we've changed is the um, the, the first one we were going to do this term. Which was on uh, the 25th which was of January and now has moved to the 5th of March. In Caffili rather than the 5th. That's so we've right. Changed that yeah. one. So we've had, we've had to change that to un- unforeseen circumstances. But the others are as they yeah. stand. So we've got progression in Cricket for Wales, of January. what we're going to be talking about today so if you're interested in what we talk about today that's a really good one to book on absolutely so that's here in Caffili we're, do- we're doing a feedback one in Merthyr on the on 27th of February yeah um, and we're also doing a questioning one in Merthyr in March on uh, the 20th. March 20th right okay so 
if you're all at all worried about what dates are for any of them, just drop us a line and we can we yeah. can sort that out. That's not a problem. Okay. So we're going to talk about progression and progression in curriculum for Wales. And the first thing that anybody will find if you look at progression and curriculum for Wales, if you Google it or if you talk to anybody about it, the first thing you will find are the principles of progression and the progression code. The progression code came out a long time ago, didn't it? Well, it came out in draft format mm. a long time ago, but it's been around for a while yeah. because, of course, it had to be around before um, it became mm. law because yeah. it's actually legislation. It's quite a, it's quite a, a dry read, should I say? Well, because it's legislation, yeah, yeah because it's it's a mandatory element. It mm. is um, a legal requirement by law, and I think a legal requirement by law. That's like the like same pin number, but it's. <laughs> Should I, quote, should, I read, should I read the quote? Is this code gives legal effect to the principles of progression? Yes. And I think that's really interesting <laughs> because what they're saying is that, for example, that your learning should be both broad and deep in terms of developing mm -hmm. knowledge. How are they going to check yeah. that you've done that? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, OK, legally you should do that. But how do they know whether you have or you haven't? And it's a very it's a very difficult thing to quantify, isn't it? How how broad is broad? How deep is deep? Yeah. And it's very much dependent on what the school's curriculum is, you know, at the first point of call. Absolutely. And while we're talking, I'm just getting up on my iPad, the actual principles of progression so that we can see them whilst we're talking about them. It make, it would make sense to be able to do that, wouldn't it? Because I think um, the principles of progression, they're not something I think that most people um, even think about necessarily when they're mm. thinking about teaching in the classroom and there, there is a reason for that you don't start with those do you no you don't and I think it's interesting to think about how they've been created because they they weren't created until after mm. uh the curriculum framework the the final documents were out in the mm. in the um in public domain uh they appeared afterwards after that mm -hmm. Um, and they were created, they were co-created by, um, as far as I'm aware, um, experts, academics, teaching professionals, pioneers, yeah. pioneers you know, that they created them. And I, I'm just going to give you a really, really brief summary of each one. You know, it's a huge, long document, the progression code. Off the tongue. Yeah. Well, we've got, we've also got two layers. Mm. So we've got the progression, the principles of progression at that kind of top layer of curriculum framework you know, high layer for the whole of the curriculum. But then, of course, you've got principles progression within each AOLE yeah. um, that, that are specific to each AOLE. And within mathematics, you've got the proficiencies, which do the this, this, this similar job. Yes, but they're not the principles progression. No, they do the similar job. They do yeah. a similar job. So it's kind of, yeah. right, it's kind of doubled mm -hmm. up. But that's something, actually, is a question. Mm -hmm. So if it's the principles progression that have a legal effect mm -hmm. does that mean the proficiencies do or don't mm -hmm. that's one to look into isn't it yeah okay so there's a question anyway so i'm going to just going to quote from the progression code just so that we can get a flavor for mm -hmm. what it says in there so it says in quotes progression in learning is a process of developing and improving in skills and knowledge over time well that's handy Yes, I know how to do it now. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then another one. A successful curriculum supported by effective teaching and learning enables learners to make meaningful progress. So successful, effective yeah. and meaningful. We all know what those words well, we mean. We wouldn't argue with those two statements, but... How helpful how, are they? Well, Yeah. 
I know how to do it now. Okay, so so by I inference is that if your curriculum is successful, and again, what's the measure of success? You must have used the principles of progression. So, you know, I, I think some of the questions that come up just from those two excerpts are, well, what is a successful curriculum? And I think we have to be, let's be practical about this. A successful curriculum is always what a successful curriculum is has been over time. A successful curriculum is one that A, prepares pupils for adult life mm. and B, makes sure that they can take the next step in their learning journey, mm -hmm. which means they get the GCSEs or the qualifications or the, the gateway task, yeah. test, whatever it is, they mm -hmm. attain what they want to attain at that. And how they get there is going to be very different from school to school. It is. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a question of, um, being a confident, resilient person and making sure you've got the, the qualifications you need for the next step. And when we're talking about progress, like you say, it's getting people from where they are when they enter school mm -hmm. to that point, and that point can be widely variable as well, is what progress is. So there's something really straightforward yeah. and easy. And there's always this difficult conversation, isn't there, around about, yes, progress, but expected progress. What type of expectation do we have for individual learners at the the speed or the type or the how much progress they're going to be making? I know we'll, we'll delve into that a little bit later in the podcast, but it's one of those questions that, you know, what, what do we really mean by these? It's all right banding these words around, but if we don't actually know what they mean yeah. by yeah the phrase then it's difficult absolutely so we have the one thing we do have um when we're thinking about progress that is set in stone that's absolutely clear that it's a very much a binary you did or you didn't get to this point is the gcse standard mm. and that is like the the cutoff point or the terminal qualification standard, whatever that terminal qualification is, is they're doing something that isn't a GCSE, but is still something that they need in order to move on to the next stage in their in their yeah, educational career. It's also worth recognising that, you know, yes, GCSEs are the standard, but are GCSEs right for everybody? Uh, yeah, that goes into another, yeah. another podcast in itself, isn't it? And I think mm. having that, that conversation about, you know, progress, yeah. do we want everybody? Does everybody have to get to a certain point like like you drive you, you go and you drive and test you've yeah. got to drive at a particular standard yeah to actually pass do we really want that or has it got to be more tailored towards what the needs of the learner are yeah and what's well, suitable for that learner special education yeah you know not not all learners are going to get yeah. GCSEs not which is why I'm talking about yeah I'm talking about that kind of that terminal point mm. where you reach the the standard yeah. that will is right for yeah. you that enable you to move on but there is certainly within GCSEs and in other areas there is a point that everyone can agree on mm -hmm. where you either did it or you didn't and I think that that is much much easier to see whether it has happened yeah. whether pupils have made the um, the requisite progress required to achieve that standard but when we're thinking about the other um, half of what education is for, which is for things like confidence, resilience, the ability to be articulate, yeah. you know, to hold your own, to be ethical, yeah. you know, all of the things that are set out in the four purposes, how on earth can you measure that? Would you even want to? 
No. Where would you start? So this is what I'm kind of concerned about. When you when you have set out in legislation, these are the principles that underpin schools mm. curricula and how you should be getting pupils to be at this yeah GCSE standard yeah mm -hmm. fine okay but also getting pupils to be confident and articulate to a standard which you know is right for them it just all feels so incredibly woolly that it feels little more than a yeah just do that will you yeah off you go yeah and and when you have something that is quite so it's like grasping the wind you know it, it's just like when you have something that is so difficult to um, articulate yeah. or define or agree on the idea that we would have a shared understanding of progress uh, quite frankly is ludicrous it is very difficult isn't it okay so what help is currently available out there for um, teachers to be able to look at in, in order to see what is meant in terms of principles progression how to use them what they should be doing with them um what progress mm. looks like so so what's out there at the moment but it would help really to start with those principles progression mm -hmm. and let's look at each one individually mm -hmm. and see you know where they fit in in the whole process what we know about them yes and how we might use them okay as part of that so the first one is about increasing effectiveness as learners yeah, this is really metacognition, really. Isn't yeah, it? it's really all about metacognition, self regulation, regulation. <laughs> motivation, knowing what you're doing, why you're doing it, and being able to manage how you yeah. do it. Well, it, it it goes into independent learners, isn't mm -hmm. it? One of those, one of the big things at the moment is making sure that our pupils are as independent learners as possible. Absolutely. And there we go with metacognition as the start of it. Absolutely. And when we're thinking about metacognition, we're thinking about things like knowledge of the task, knowledge of the mm. strategies that we can use, knowledge of the subject content that they need, being able to choose to use one strategy over another yeah. or plan how to do something or monitor how well they're doing during a task mm. and then um, adapt what they're doing yeah. or knowing how you as a, a learner respond to a particular type yeah. of task, all those. Knowing when you've gone down the wrong route. Yes, and being able to come, come back, back yeah, and think, will, think will again. Be there. So, all of those things, those techniques, those mm. approaches, none of them are set out in the curriculum. No. As a continuum in themselves. But mm. they are a continuum. I mean, there's there's research, I think it is Perkins 1984, sets out four stages mm. of being a metacognitive learner, that you know, where you start where you're you just you just know whether you've got something right or wrong. You know whether you 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 know something or you don't know something. But your understanding is tacit. It's it's not it's not um, kind of surfaced. You don't you're not aware of what you're doing and why you're doing it. You just know if you've done it or not. Yeah. Right up through to you can see what's happening. You know whether you're going right or wrong. You know you ought to try something else, and you can you can monitor yourself as you're going. So there is information out there about. Um, a continuum of progress mm -hmm. in terms of metacognition but that's not included in curriculum for wales anywhere there's no descriptions of learning for metacognition occasionally in subjects there's mention of things like being able to plan and organize yeah. work but it's more a case of mm -hmm. you can do it 
but there's no help in terms of how do you teach the child to do that but also it begs that question doesn't it that you know if you spoke to your colleagues about metacognition mm. it's one of those buzzwords in education isn't it mm. like pedagogy was a little mm. while ago that if you said to somebody what do you what do we mean by metacognition mm. how many would actually be able to articulate mm. A response to that well i'd also like to suggest that how many people how many teachers adults i know plenty of adults <laughs> out there who are really proficient at self-regulation themselves yeah yeah you know i mean you and i we approach work completely differently yeah you know i'm very much a i get a task and i'll do it early and i'll finish it and then i won't look at it again i hate reviewing my work and quite often that means i miss stuff that if mm. I'd taken a little bit more time, mm. I could have. But you're completely, I'm completely opposite. opposite. That I will leave it maybe just that little bit too late, but then I'll do it really thoroughly. Yeah. And then I'll go back and I'll review it. And I seem to work better to a deadline. Yeah. A, a, a near a, a deadline that's very close. Yeah. Than one that's that's weeks or months away. But we we both are you know aware yeah. of what we do and why mm. we do it, and we. I mean, I do, obviously, I've I've written and published stuff, so I do go back and review mm -hmm. work and I do edit it and stuff. But, you know, there are plenty of people out there who find planning really, really difficult. Mm -hmm. And therefore, what we're expecting in that principle of progression is we're expecting all teachers to understand the trajectory of learning in terms of planning, monitoring, yeah. self-regulation from the beginning to the end, knowing what the elements are and being subject experts mm -hmm. in metacognition without any additional support. And it doesn't appear in the curriculum no. anyway. It's just, this is what you need to do. And, you know, it's literally very little more than that individual principle from the principles of progression. I mean, there are, there, obviously there are um, in the subject, in the AOLEs, there are um, some details for example um in english um they talk about and this is just an example i'm quoting here now and um, that pupils should be able to ask increasingly sophisticated questions mm -hmm. uh, in maths pupils should be able to and i'm quoting mathematical concepts and ideas should be built on deepened and connected and i've said quite a difficult phrase after yeah, that yeah you have Ends in Sherlock. You're going to say, yeah, ends in Sherlock. But, but that, that's the whole premise of, of mathematics, anyway, isn't it? You you build on. Yes. You know why, why we why do we need to to write that? Surely we know. But and and but the fact is that if we're expecting teachers to help pupils to become more effective as learners, and yet we haven't got any expectations for the teachers as to what that looks yeah. like. And all we're doing in terms of curriculum is say, just make sure pupils can ask increasingly sophisticated questions. How? In what context? Yeah. What does sophistication look let's like? Where should they start? Let's have a worked example of what that might look like. Well, yes, yeah. absolutely, because we know that's that works mm -hmm. really, really well. So that's the first of the principles. And it mm -hmm. is, what should I say? It's a really reasonable thing to expect mm -hmm. learners to develop in, in terms of make progress. In, but in terms of support for teachers and how to do that, there's nothing there. Is it? I am going to say, though, we are going to look at that in a little bit more detail in the progression workshop. That's something that we are going to delve into. Absolutely. We look at the research behind yeah. it. We look at those four stages and we look at how you would actually do that. You know, what does it look like to teach, explicitly Absolutely. teach 
learners to become more effective at learning and I know that there are a lot of pupils I mean I was just listening to something about attendance earlier on and they were talking about you know making sure that pupils feel like they've got meaningful learning going on in in schools and I know that there are there's an awful lot to be done for pupils they might not be high attaining pupils but you know teaching them skills of being able to plan yes I mean, how meaningful would that be? And being able to plan something that they can then take ownership of it and that sense of success that they would get from that. I think that those kinds of skills are the kinds of skills that would actually make a massive difference to pupils who may not be attending school at the moment and that it would be a much more meaningful process for yep. them. So there's, it, it feels a little bit like, um, and I, I'm, I, this is quite harsh, but it's, it's this is what I feel this is my opinion that's the mood you've been in this week yeah i'm having a harsh but the it feels a little bit half-baked yeah you know if we're really serious about making sure that learners become confident resilient independent independent, then tell teachers what the expectations Mm -hmm. are don't just give them a few phrases and just say well you know they should be increasingly effective what what does that that actually look like what are the expectations how do you start you know let's upskill teachers as well and don't expect everyone to do it for themselves mm-hmm. and some will do it better than others yeah and then we end up with inequity and in in well we're not reinventing the wheel in every school we shouldn't let's have that consistent approach so that we've got something to build from absolutely so then we've got the next three principles of progression we've got increasing depth and breadth of knowledge mm-hmm. we've got deepening understanding of the ideas and disciplines within the areas And we've got refinement and growing sophistication in the use and applications of skills. Mm -hmm. So we've got three different types of knowledge. Mm -hmm. And I would just like to point out that skills (laughs) are a type of knowledge. It's procedural knowledge. Knowing how to do something. Because all that knowledge is, is something that you have stored in your memory that you understand and can use. So I have a knowledge of how to drive. It's a skill. But I still it's, know it's it. that knowing that and knowing how to. Isn't yeah. It? Yeah. So those three principles of progression are all talking about improving knowledge over mm-hmm. time, deepening, broadening. I mean, yeah. what's the role of the where the role of knowledge actually sits within the curriculum? Is that? Yeah. Getting better at your mm-hmm. knowledge base. Mm-hmm. OK, we then have. Sorry, just going back to knowledge for a second. So knowledge being something that you can remember or have some understanding of. We've got lots of different types of knowledge. And I don't want to get into a situation where we're saying, oh, yes, but it's this declarative knowledge or is this procedural Mm. knowledge or is it episodic or semantic or, you know, there are lots of different types of knowledge. But the bottom line is in order to be exposed to something, to take that into your brain, Mm -hmm. to lay it down as a memory and then be able to access it when you need it. It's the same process, no matter what type of knowledge it is. So let's not quibble about what type. It's just just knowledge. Okay. So we've got metacognition, three different types of knowledge, which effectively you're going to learn in the same way and appear in the curriculum documents themselves for the majority of it. And then we've got making connections and transferring learning into new contexts. We've talked many times about transfer of learning. And I, and I always hark back to our lovely little podcast we did with uh, Jared Cooney-Hawath, which is still one of our most popular ones. 
uh, which was the light bulb on Silver Earth five, wasn't it? Yeah, and we looked at that this morning. Uh, that about that transfer of knowledge is yeah. a very, very difficult, difficult thing yeah. to do. Yeah, transferring your knowledge to a new context is difficult because new contexts have their own mm-hmm. knowledge, knowledge base. base. And if yeah. you are taking knowledge from a different context and bring it into a context that's new to you, you're not going to have the knowledge yeah. that's required. So it's very, very difficult. So we're not going to talk about transfer of learning in no. any great depth because that's a whole other podcast in its right. And we have got a we've done that a couple of times. We've got several yeah. sketch notes on that as yeah. well, which looks at particular research mm-hmm. papers. I think we've even done one particularly on transfer. Yeah, we have uh, a podcast. But on it's transfer. a it's a really interesting one, a really concept as well. That it's just that light bulb moment. It makes you really think. Mm about you know what are we doing in the classroom mm. you know we can't just expect pupils have got one skill okay here you go in a different context off you go oh why can't you do it because you haven't learned it well it's the classic it is the classic mm. thing that you know pupils know how to read yes so you can get them to read you know something about cricket and then get them to read something about baseball and they'll be just as good as good yeah. at both and they won't because they might know a lot about yeah. cricket and they might know yeah. nothing about baseball yeah they might be able to read it but not actually understand and comprehend absolutely it, right? because and that's really what we want we don't want them yeah just to read the words we want them to understand and make sense of it okay so going back to yeah. those three principles of progression that are all about knowledge different types of knowledge but still knowledge the knowledge that we're helping pupils make progress in some of it's going to be in the what matters statements you know the concepts the big mm-hmm. ideas are going to be in the what matters statements and that's going to be about depth in those particular concepts. Maybe yeah. a little bit of breadth, breadth as well. But it's it, essentially you, you're going to be looking at, say, for example, the ability to ask questions in English or maybe, you know, that, that numbers are connected in math. Those are two big concepts. And you're going to be coming back to them in more and more yeah, depth, complex yeah. depth again and again and again over time using different building on yeah what you've learned before absolutely and you're going to be helped to do that by the descriptions of learning Mm -hmm. you know this is how the curriculum framework has been written is that the big ideas and concepts are in the what matter statements and then the descriptions of learning put a little bit more detail on them and then your own subject knowledge is what fills in the gaps yeah the context around it isn't it absolutely and this is and i think that is the kind of nub of why progress is so incredibly difficult because it is that subject knowledge that's required to actually make sure that you're teaching in a way that pupils make progress yeah because we all know when we've been I, I mean, I, I've had quite a, an interesting experience of this when I taught maths for two terms. And I really don't think I was a very good maths teacher because I've got an A-level in it, but I don't have the depth of knowledge that you do. Is that I'm, you know, I was okay at making sure pupils make progress in those foundational skills. But when we got to things like, you know, um, geometry or algebra, I really started to struggle because I didn't have the, the depth of subject yeah. knowledge to be able mm-hmm. to really have those really good questions or think, oh, that's the concept mm-hmm. that they're mm-hmm. struggling with that underpins this. Therefore, I need to go back to that. Yeah. Or, you know, that's when progress. And we were talking about this this morning um, in terms of why it isn't effective in in the um, context of curriculum for Wales to just go, well, look, 
if you want your pupils to make progress, here's a progression step pathway yeah. thing. Because it's it's not just about following, well, here's step one, here's step two, here's step three, and they'll make progress because pupils don't. Mm. Sometimes something goes wrong. So what do you do when pupils don't make the step or get on that step mm. that you want them to do? Or you've got some that are on the step and some that aren't. Yeah. So, you know, what if there's a misconception? How do you identify mm. the misconception? You can't build in for all subjects, all of the possible misconceptions mm. that have come up. That's what teaching is about. Having the knowledge to in the moment say, oh, right, they haven't got that. Yeah. I need to go off on this tangent yeah, to be able to make sure that this is secure. Right. So when we're talking about teachers making progress and teaching in a way that help pupils make progress and having a curriculum um, that enables progress to happen, it is the ability to go into a classroom with a plan mm -hmm. and start your plan and then go, oh, my gosh, mm -hmm. I'm going to have to throw that one out the window and do something completely yeah. different today because it's right for the pupils sitting in front of me. That's what we want teachers to be able to do. Now, there are two ways of doing that. You can either use a textbook, build teachers' knowledge, and then give them the skills and knowledge themselves to know when to go off-piste. Or you can get them to create their own curriculum together and talk about and collaborate on what might it look like, what could I do, let's experiment with this. It's, it's, it's recognising, isn't it, that... We've moved from a system where we've had prescription, mm -hmm. where we've had that roadmap of, mm -hmm. okay, this is the topic we're going to do, then we're going to do that as our next topic. Yeah. And you move on regardless of whether mm -hmm. pupils are there, they've got it or they haven't. Mm -hmm. And I think having that, we still need a skeleton idea mm -hmm. of yes. where we're going, which is what we've got the curriculum framework for. But I think there has to be that flexibility built in. Teachers have got to have the confidence, as you said, mm -hmm. to know when to stop a bit of metacognition move on go something mm. going in another direction but also have, have the the knowledge and understanding to know you know okay this step is broken how do i fix that step that's broken which bits of the knowledge do i need to go back to yeah to make sure that things are secure for these pupils and it's not going to be the same for every class for every year group it's going to change no, year on year for class and class yeah and when you're thinking about um, the, the, those two options, you know, the prescribed step by step mm. by step or the, you know, make it yourself is even in the prescribed step by step mm. by step, you still need to know yeah. when to go back and repeat a step or when to go off to the yeah. side and do a, a, a side the, step. The, the difficulty we've got, though, is, isn't it, if you, if you think of it, you know, teaching outside of your subject, having the confidence to know, yeah, OK, I need to do this bit because it's not. Yeah this is not where they are so i need yeah. to put another bit in and that takes time and it takes experience yes and it is one of those things that you have to teach something a number of times to a yes. number of different different pupils to and year it. groups to get to that point where yeah. you think okay yeah i can do it this way but also pointing out that we've got curriculum for wales for better or worse that's yep. it with that's what we've got we've got a curriculum that requires teachers and schools to create their own mm -hmm. curriculum model, their own curriculum, sorry, curriculum, their own local curriculum. Therefore, we're not in a situation where it, it is the right thing to do to go out and to buy a package that just does it for them, because that is not what yeah. Curriculum for no. Wales requires. So yeah. we can't do that. No, or shouldn't. But those schools that have got a scheme, 
that yes. they bought in. Yes. It's not about following it to the letter. No. You know, any scheme that you buy in, yeah, will own will will never be suitable for yeah for for everyone. So you've got to be able to use it as a skeleton, mm. uh, use it as a bit of scaffold, but put your own professional judgment. Can can I just share something that you read on Facebook that we talked about is that somebody was using uh, a math scheme. I won't say which one. And um, they were saying, oh, it doesn't suit our pupils. It's too hard for our pupils. And someone else chipped in with, yeah, I know my pupils struggle with it as well. So the reasoning particularly. So what I do, a bit wordy. So what I do is I just say call the words out and we just use the numbers. Mm. And it's like, yeah, oh, had, my God, that 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 is an adaptation. Yeah. I had the, the emoji screaming face <laughs> when I saw that. <laughs> that is an adaptation. But what's happening there is you're taking out the bit that's actually going to produce the progress, which yeah. is the, the challenge. So it, it's if we're talking about progress within Curriculum for Wales, we are talking about really understanding how learning happens. And I know we keep on going back to this, but how learning happens how um, responsive teaching should look as a result and thinking about things like the expertise reversal effects taking away the mm-hmm. scaffolding as pupils get better retrieval practice overlearning, all of these concepts that we talked about in our podcast but we're in a situation where we've now got the autonomy to do what is right not yeah. to have to have done this by the end of this week or the end of this term or you haven't progressed through the scheme no. you know you're not at spring yes the half term why aren't you at spring half term because the pupils aren't ready for it they're not there they they it's adapting what you teach and be responsive yeah for where the pupils are you know from their starting point absolutely and we actually had a conversation with Esther a long time ago now two or three years ago where in their new inspection framework they had put um that the inspectors should look for um the standards of progress that pupils make in relation to their age and we actually went back to them mm. and said well you know that's we were on the understanding that welsh government was very much away from age and more um to um stage and Estin said, oh, yeah, and she said, I'm saying the same as they actually said to us, oh, that's a typo. And we didn't mean that. And they did change it, to be fair. They did change it. But I think um, if if we are if we are talking about stage, not age, mm. and we are talking mm. about stage, yeah. not age, certainly from the guidance, then it absolutely doesn't matter how much progress pupils make as long as it's right for, for them. them yeah having said that and who says what's right for them well gcses do yes. <laughs> you know th- that's the problem is we're working in a system where there is this kind of hard stop at at age 16 and that it they you know it can, we can say it's stage not age but actually it is age at 16 so you know, we we've got the goalposts have changed right at that last minute. <laughs> that yes, last point, yes, All yes. Sudden, there's a yes, and I think you know we are in a um, we we are sort of experiencing one of the anomalies or the misconceptions of you know how teaching actually works is that, and you see it throughout the whole of the Welsh government guidance. There's all these. You know, um, we should be supporting individual pupils to make the progress that they are capable mm-hmm. of. And we should be making sure that every pupil makes, you know, reasonable or the best progress where, you know, let's just be honest here now. 
you know, the idea that you're going to have 30 pupils sat in front of you mm. and they're all going to be ready to move on together. It's, yeah. it's just yeah. never going to happen. Never going to happen. There's, there's also that phrase I've seen in, in a number a number of times, a number of reports, and particularly inspection reports, about the, the pace of progress isn't <laughs> quick enough. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's it's one of those things. Well, what do they know? How, yeah, how you determine and progress is over time. Yeah. And it could be between the start of start of term and the end of term, mm. you know, a pupil has made significant progress, but it's not noticeable within a lesson or within a or, couple of days. Or can I just say that within the, the start of mm. the uh the pupils' books that Estin look at, yeah, and the end of the inspection, the progress actually hasn't been as fast as it could have been for that child but it's been right for that child because yeah. two months after they leave they make exponential progress yeah. because they spent a long time on the foundations yeah. and they've really embedded them they've yeah. overlearned them yeah. and and this is the point is that there's this idea that learning is visible <laughs> i wonder who coined that phrase yeah. But actually, learning is entirely invisible. It's it's entirely unseen it's and elusive. Yeah, and you know we can't we can't measure learning. Not really. We can no. guess. We can have a go yeah. at, but it's never one hundred percent accurate. No. So why are we? Why have we got an inspector, a spectorate that goes into school and says that wasn't challenging enough for the pupils? How do they know? Yeah, I mean they must have some kind of special powers I don't have. Because I can't tell by going in and spending 20 minutes in a lesson whether it's challenging enough for yeah. the pupils or not. I don't know whether they whether they needed a little bit more consolidation or yeah. whether, you know, they've actually made masses of progress and, and I it, just can't see it. Because it could be that they needed that little bit of consolidation to make them make much better progress further along the line. Or, or yeah. the, the child that they talk to about their work has actually made loads of progress. They really understand it yeah. in great depth, but they just don't tell the inspector. Yeah. I mean, they obviously must have it, yeah. ESP because I don't yeah. know how they see that. So, yeah, so there's there's lots of different types of knowledge, but they're all pretty much the same. Some of it's in, you know, the the what matters statements and what have you. Some of it's in um, the dis descriptions of learning. But there's also some knowledge that happens, th the knowledge that actually isn't in the curriculum mm -hmm. framework. Mm -hmm. You know, so there's... The different texts and knowledge about the different texts in English. There's the periods of history. There's localities. There's the, you know, the the additional concepts that aren't in the what matters statements. So that's the bit that teachers need to choose, and then pupils need to make progress in, and making sure that that's in the right order for pupils to actually make progress. I mean, you know, we could go back to also about subsumption theory and what you know determines what you learn. It's curriculum design, isn't it? It is. It's, it is yeah. curriculum design. You know, the, the fact that you have to understand that multiplication tables have to be mastered before you can understand percentages. Practice, yeah. Whatever it is. So common sense, isn't it? Absolutely. So it's starting with learners' needs, mm -hmm. no matter what the knowledge, it all is laid down in the same way. We all learn in the same way. We don't mm -hmm. learn differently. And it needs to be gone back to retrieved, mm -hmm. connected with what they already know in the same way. And teachers need to have the support to recognise what that what, what that way is. is. Yeah, yeah. You know, because when we looked at what support is actually available, 
And I, I went to the Principles of Progression. We've got the CAMI project out there. We've got the national network discussions. We've got the case studies that mm-hmm. came from them. But everywhere I looked, it was things like mathematical concepts and ideas should be built on deepened and connected. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, asking increasingly sophisticated questions. I mean, that to a certain extent, it's like saying... To be healthy, you need to eat a healthy diet and make sure you eat the appropriate amount of each different food group, but then failing to share any meal ideas or recipes. Yeah. Well, the, the case studies aren't necessarily worked examples, are they? And they're things that I think we know that worked examples are the best way or the one of, one of the most effective ways supported by, by learning. robust research. Yeah. But then a case study doesn't necessarily tell you. It's not a worked example of how they got there. No, it's just what they did. Yeah, it's the end result of their thinking mm. on that subject, which, although interesting, yeah. is not practical. Yeah. No. There might be some nice ideas in there for you to go away and explore, but it's not telling you how it was done. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, we've also got the CAMI um, workshops, which are well thought out, well yeah. presented, um, very interesting workshops, but they're entirely too theoretical. Mm. You know, it, it is like... Um, talking about the difference between French and Italian recipes yeah. without talking about the practicality of, you know, how to actually make soup. Well, it's recognising as well how much time there is in the school calendar to well, do this yeah. alongside everything else. We're T minus 18 months. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I can hear the clock ticking. Yeah, it's it's we've had yeah. 18 months. That probably isn't the right. Aeronautical, that's probably wrong, but... It's we've already had 18 months of this and we still haven't got this one cracked. And of course, there were the concept maps by Lucy Crean that turned into the, um, you know, the conceptual progression maps that are stored at consortia level that are available for everyone, which, again, are really effective um, in terms of progression. And they are um, very interesting. And obviously a lot of work has gone into it, into them. But they're a middle layer. They're they're an additional layer. They're they're like we've got the curriculum framework at national level. We've got the local school curriculum at the bottom, and we've got this now this conceptual level in the middle. It's like well, but you still need to know what it's going to look like in your classroom. As soon as we have something that people feel they've got to follow, yes, then we're losing the responsive element of this that we need to have within the classroom. Yeah. So having something that is available as a guide that you can choose to use or not dependent on what's happening in front of you that's where we need to to be at it's having that idea of you know where the starting point is but also one eye on where you're headed yeah absolutely so what's the starting point knowing what it is knowing where you're headed Mm -hmm. and then it's just a question of choosing what to teach and when to teach it we had a little bit of discussion we had a little discussion about choosing what to teach and it's also prioritize as part of that choosing it's prioritizing yeah what to teach it's choosing what not Not to teach teach. yeah that's the hardest one oh absolutely and you do have to in every single subject you do have to choose i'm not going to teach that at all or i'm not going to teach that in any detail yeah or i'm not going to give all the detail on that Mm. it is Mm. that is probably a more pertinent question yeah. what am i not yeah. going to teach i think that's that's the one area that when we talk about that in, in our workshops the mm. one thing that staff or teachers worry about a little bit more yeah because i think we're all concerned about leaving things out yeah so we're not disadvantaging 
mm. pupils in case they come across well, questions like that or, or whatever at GCSE. I would just like to point out that leaving too much in disadvantages yeah, everyone. Yeah, yeah. We've 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 talked a lot of me about having a sixty percent curriculum. Yeah. So you've got time within your curriculum for that responsive teaching. Or the forty percent. So you've of got yeah. You've got a doing what's needed, and then you've got time. Because we all know there is never enough time no. to, to do what we want to do. So if, we, if we're talking about making progress, um, those kind of four steps, knowing what the starting point is for pupils, knowing where you're headed, choosing what to teach and when to teach it, we need really good data and data analysis. And I yeah. don't just mean tests. I mean qualitative data as well. Mm -hmm. Surveys, classroom discussions, questioning, formative assessment. Mm -hmm. That's all data. It's to understand, isn't it? We need it's the right. whole circle cycle, isn't it? You've got to have that assessment at the start, right? So you've got to be right with your assessment, yeah. But how do you get your assessment right if you're not identifying the right things in the, in the process? Fabulous. Okay, so having that data, but knowing what the end looks like. I mean, you know, Tiger and Wiggins talk about it in Understanding by Design. We've yeah. got a pilot on Welsh Government have carried out yeah. a pilot on that. But I think the basic concept is something that everybody can use. Is that you want to know where you're starting, but you also want to know where you would like pupils to mm -hmm. finish so you can be heading there. But then setting priorities, so understanding what pupils need and in what order. And it must mm -hmm. come from foundations to specifics. Yeah. So learning is ordered in order of generality. But having that effective measurement tool, because what's the good of teaching something and pupils learning if you don't know whether they've learned yeah. it or not because if you don't know whether they've learned it or not you can't decide on next steps yeah. so then progress doesn't happen so really one of the most important things is knowing what it is yeah that you're teaching what you're them. and what you're looking for what do you expect them to learn mm -hmm. and then knowing what it is that is expected mm -hmm. to learn so we go back to dylan william when we go back to um, learning intentions but also learning objectives you know, what do I intend for them to learn that they'll mm -hmm. understand mm -hmm. that all numbers are connected? What's my objective that they're going to complete this particular task? And the objectives that you know that you can assess. Yes, because you can't. Let's not assess understanding. Or learning, because <laughs> you can't assess either of those with any kind of accuracy because they're hidden. So there are four tasks that teachers need to be really proficient at mm -hmm to be able to plan for progress. It's data to prioritize needs in curriculum content. So be able to collate and analyze data effectively. And it's not a skill that teachers, generally speaking, are taught unless you've done some kind mm -hmm. of statistics. Well, it, it's not even just analyzing the data. It's been forensic with it and yeah. looking at, okay, this is the problem they're having. Yeah. That is it that topic or that skill that I need to reteach, or there is a is there an underlying skill mm. that I need to teach first? Well, this is I was just listening to something about um, attendance, and they were talking about we often treat the symptoms. You know, yeah. that attendance is a symptom of something else, and it may be that you know they've got intergenerational um, um, lack of ambition mm -hmm. um, because you know they they used to be minors or something, and they've lost their jobs, mm. and that that's just an expectation. They're not going to go anywhere. And the symptom is they don't bother going to school, but it's addressing the root cause, yeah, not, the system. Yeah. not the symptom. Absolutely. So understanding that data is of all types of data, but digging down, like you say, mm -hmm. to find out where can I have an impact and where it's just a sticking plaster mm -hmm. and then 
creating an active learning objective that actually is measurable because you can't measure learning. You can't say whether learning has happened or not if it's, you know, a guess. Yeah. You can't say, well, look, he's read something. Oh, and I can say he's understood what he's read because that's hidden inside yeah. his head. Yeah. So once you, you've got the skill of being able to create an active learning objective that can actually be measured and knowing that it's only ever going to be a proxy of learning, that it's just the performance at the end, but it gives you some kind of information, then you need to sequence lots of them. Yeah. So that you can see that step-by-step -step process of learning over time with enough space in between mm. to adapt and change where it's needed. It's having that focus on what the learning is, not what the activity is. Yeah, not and, what the performance is in the moment, is recognising that, you know, if you using, say, multiple choice questions as a your learning objective, they need to be able to accurately answer these multiple choice questions, say, well, yeah, OK, they've got the correct answer, but what does that tell me? Mm -hmm. What now do I need to do as a result? Mm -hmm. OK, so the bottom line Here is, <laughs> if you want to know more about progress, book onto our workshop, uh, which is actually on the 31st of January in Caffili. Uh, yeah. There's a couple of spaces left. Yeah. We have sent it out to an awful lot of people. It's on our Twitter feed as well. But if you can't find the booking link, just, just drop us a line inquiries at Impact yeah. Wales and that will find us. Mm -hmm. So what's next for us? We are back at T. Croix in Ammonford. Primary in Ammonford uh, for our next session with staff, which we're looking forward to. In fact, we, we, we were there last term, weren't we? Was yeah. At the beginning of... Was it back in, it was, it was a lovely summer's day, I remember. It was a sunny, autumn, early autumn day, yes. wasn't it? Yeah. Yes, because I remember the photo. Um, yeah. We've also obviously got, as we've just said, our Progression in Curriculum for Wales workshop. Um, and we're on our little road trip, our annual road, or not annual. <laughs> no. Should I say, every, every, every term I think we seem to go somewhere. But we're back off up to North Wales to work with the, the cluster from the Venerable Ed Edward Morgan Primary School, primary school up there, up in uh, Flint. Which we're really looking forward to. Absolutely. Back. So, as always, um, listen out for our next episode. It's, uh, we'll speak to you all soon. Take care. Bye now. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to make sure you don't miss future episodes. You can find us online at www.impact.wales. You can also follow us on social media on Twitter, we're at Impact Wales, on Facebook and Instagram, search for Impact Wales, and on LinkedIn, search for Impact School Improvement.